0: You know, we have a more sure word of prophecy. The Word of God. It is the Word. The reason that Jesus came was to set the captives free. And the only way he was going to be able to do that was through the Word of God. The Lord was with him. You know, it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, who went about doing good, and healing all that were possessed of the devil because God was with him. Well, God's with you too. He's anointed you with the same power, the same ability, same authority to be able to go out and do exploits in His name. You know, I'm glad that He didn't put an age limit on it. Amen? How about you? He didn't put an age limit on what He was and what He wanted to do for us. You know, there's only one individual in the entire world that was designated to take care of the sin of the world. One. One person. And that was the Son of God. Jesus Christ of Nazareth was the one that came to set the captive free. 1 Corinthians 5.21 says, He was made to be sin who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. One man, Hare Krishna didn't do it, Buddha didn't do it, Sun, young moon didn't do it, none of the isms, none of the chisms. No one did that except for one man. And guess what, they can't refute it, they've tried to refute it, but they can't. They put it through a computer to try to uh, refute it but they couldn't do it they couldn't find the escape for them or the or the way out for them because the word of god is truth it is truth just as he has promised just as he has said well as i was praying and i was seeking the lord you know there there is so much sickness and so much stuff that's going around and everything else and you know you you, you don't want to think about it but Let's, let's face the reality fact. It is something that the devil is up to to try to bring a tremendous discouragement and hindrance. Uh, I'm sure some of us in this room have faced uh, these circumstances and situations with family members or whatever, you know, faced it ourselves, uh, And it doesn't change the fact that the Word of God holds the answer for everything that is necessary. You know, man can do what he can do. And thank God for medicine. We don't want to put down medicine. You know, knowledge comes from the Lord. All knowledge comes from the Lord. It doesn't make any difference where it comes from. Uh, The main thing is, or it does make a difference where it comes from. It comes from the Lord, uh, who is the creator of everything, and he has given knowledge to man to be able to do what he does. And, you know, there's a woman that had an issue of blood, you remember, in Mark's gospel, chapter 5. She had an issue of blood for 12 years. She suffered at the hands of physicians. Now, how many of you know the physicians were trying to do everything with their understanding of the day to help this lady? But yet, the Bible says, but, but she grew worse. She didn't get any better. When she ran out of money then she could no longer get that assistance that she needed from mankind. But there, (coughs) excuse me, there's a greater one who was in the area and just happened to be passing by in that area. And she heard about him. And when she heard about him, she said within herself, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, then I know that I'll be made whole. (coughs) Excuse me. And you know, doctors may not be able to do anything for us or may <coughs> try and it doesn't work. But I'm going to tell you there's one that is greater <coughs> that can do this. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> How many of you, how many of you, well, just stretch your hands. (coughs) Thank you, Jesus. Diane, pray over me. Amen. Jesus' name. Praise God. While I'm getting it all back together, is there anybody in here that needs a touch from the Lord right now? Besides me. <laughs> anybody? Okay, we'll go lay hands on her. Amen. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Nothing's going to change that. Jesus is still the same. What he did yesterday, what he did while he was in his ministry, he's doing it today, and he'll do it tomorrow too. If there is a tomorrow, he'll be doing it. Amen. Because that's his promise. That's his word. How many? Of you know, we're in covenant. We're in covenant. That, that is a strong bond between God and man, mankind. And Jesus sealed that covenant with his own blood so that you and I could have the freedom that was necessary in our life. And especially in the area of healing and deliverance and so forth from all of the th- attacks and circumstances that are taking place right now. It doesn't make any difference. Jesus has settled the issue. It is a final thing. And, and I know, you know, <clears throat> the, the problem isn't that, that uh, we don't believe that he did that. The problem is sometimes we don't accept it for ourselves. Many times we're great givers, but we're poor receivers. We have to learn how to receive from the Lord. And you can only receive whenever you've got revelation knowledge concerning his word. He said he hastens to his word to bring a performance. He performs his word, and he hastens himself to that word. Uh, what I wanted to share with you uh, today was there's eight, there's eight basic ways that you can receive your healing according to the word of God. There's eight. Uh, I can't find another one. If there is another one. But there are eight basic ways, and I wanted to share those eight ways with you this morning. Number one is the calling for the elders of the church. Found in James chapter 5, verses 14 through 15. You know, it says very clearly, James says, Is any Mary? What do you do? You make your own noise. Let him. Lift up and make himself known to the Lord. Is any sick among you? He said, let him call for the elders of the church. Some people say, well, who are the elders? Well, you can start with your pastors. You can start with the elders if, if we have designated elders in the church who are specifically assigned to the detail of overseeing and the care of the body of Christ. He said, let them call for the elders of the church. That means there's something that we need to do. If I'm sick, well, that's a bad confession, pastor. Well, that's not what James said. James says, is if there's any sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church so that they can pray the prayer of faith over them. They'll anoint them with oil. And if there be any sick among them, it'll be taken care of. If there's any sins in their life, be taken care of. So that's one of the ways. That's just one way that we can be healed is by calling for the elders of the church. Number two, getting in the power of agreement, agreeing together. Matthew eighteen nineteen. If any two on this earth will agree as touching anything, they ask. It shall be done of the Father. (coughs) Any two of us getting into agreement with God's word, then we will have whatever we ask. Amen? That means any two of you, husband and wife team. That's number two. (coughs) Number three. Laying on of hands. The Bible says lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. recover." Lay hands on the sick. Now notice it says lay hands. It didn't say lay hands and pray. You can pray, but you can just lay hands on them. You ever been in a grocery store and seen somebody in a wheelchair? You ever just walk by and just put your hand on them? Say, hi, how are you? How many of you know that touch is a point of contact? Touch and release. Release what? Release the power of God that's on the inside of you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So the greater one indwells and lives on the inside of you, and he wants to live out his life through you. You are his ambassadors. Well, you know, pastor, I'm... You know, I'm up in age and I just, you know, I just kind of think like, I'm just going to kind of just bide my time now. No, the Lord doesn't want you to quit. There is no retiring for the the Christian. We just keep on keeping on until the day that the Lord calls us home or catches us up in the Clouds of glory, whichever (coughs) takes place first. (coughs) The fourth one is during praise and worship. Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgiveth all of thine iniquities and who healeth all of thine diseases. He's already taken care of everything, correct? Everything that pertains to life, everything that pertains to godliness, everything that we come in contact with, it doesn't make any difference what the enemy is up to, what he is trying to do, he will not succeed. Because he's already defeated it in Jesus' name. He's already taken care of it. If he's taken care of it, then we need to agree with that. Get into agreement with God's word, and then just simply do what he says to do. Enter into praise and worship. Bless his name. Worship the Lord with all of your heart. How many of you know that in Proverbs seventeen twenty two it says, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. An expression from our heart to the glory of God, it operates like a medicine. What happened with uh, uh, Paul and Silas in, the, uh, in the, the prison, whenever they were at midnight, they'd been in stocks and bonds and, and uh, everything else, and they began to sing praises to the Lord, and in the midst of that, the Lord set them free. He did a supernatural feat because of their attitude of praise and worship. They weren't concerned about themselves. They got focused upon worshiping and magnifying the Lord. You, you don't have to have hands laid on you. You can get healed right during the praise and worship time. You seek the Lord with all of your heart. Just let the Lord do what needs to be done in your life and my life, and just let him have his way in our life. He'll touch you right in your seat where you're at. That doesn't mean you can't have hands laid on you, but we shouldn't wait for that. We should be expecting at all times, at any moment, for the Lord to move into the supernatural in our life. How many of you believe that this church is going to explode? It's in the process. Whether you see it or not doesn't make any difference, it's in the process. Angels have been sent on dispatch to aid and to assist to see to it that it comes to pass because the vision of this house is to accomplish certain tasks. And we're going to accomplish those tasks regardless of obstacles that are thrown in our pathway. So we threw a curveball. Well, we can learn to hit the curveball. So he threw a knuckleball. So what? We learned to hit the knuckleball. Well, he threw one so fast, we just weren't, we just weren't caught up with it. Well, get in the batter's box again. Let him throw another one. We're going to win that one. Amen? What seems to be like a downer, God's going to turn it around for his glory and his good. Increase is on the way. We just have to believe it. I have faith. God didn't give vision and destiny and purpose to us so that it would go unfulfilled in life, whether it be personal or be corporately together. The house is headed for great things. Are you headed for great things? Well, I'm getting older. I mean, I've kind of already done my time. No, you're just getting started. Amen. Amen. How many of you are already 80? One. When, uh, when did Moses start his ministry? 80. When did Joshua start his ministry? In his 80s. You would think that would be the time to kind of settle down. Amen. Amen. Uh, you, You know, they were saying, give me this mountain. Give me this mountain. Pastor, you got something on your heart, give that to me. I'll pray about it and we'll bring it to pass. Amen. So we can't stop when we get older and start becoming like this is a welfare system to us. Amen. This is not a welfare system. This is a get well system. And stay well. Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper. Be in health even as your soul prospers. As your mind, your will, and your emotions get in alignment with the will of God, then you'll get the results that he said you and I can have. Amen. So we're not going to... Uh, he, he's going to use us even in old age. Amen. Another place, number five. Confession of sin and faults. Now, that doesn't mean that you go around telling everybody about everything in your life. But there are people, and there are times when we, how many of you know, confession is good for the soul to get rid of some of these things. You are still a human being. Pinch the, the neighbor next to you. No, don't pinch them. You know, the, the the truth of the matter is, is we all make mistakes in life. First John 1, 9 says, If I'll confess my sin, He's faithful and just to forgive me my sin and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. So if there's anything in my life that has kind of bogged me down and allowed me not to move forward, We need to get it out into the open. We need to have a confession time. Get it taken care of personally between us and the Lord. And if you have a friend, the Bible says, confess your faults one to another. That doesn't mean go around telling everybody your problem and what you did. How many of you know God knows everything that you did? And he knows how to take care of it. But how many of you know we need to go to him with it? Amen. Ultimately. But that's another way we can get healed is by confession of our faults and our sins in life. Number six, communion. How many of you know the communion table is a place where you can get healed? The bread that you take, (coughs) that's the healing bread. Jesus gave his body for your body. He took the, the pains of all sin all sickness, all disease on himself. Remember, I quoted that scripture out of Second uh, Corinthians 5, 21. He made him to be sin who knew no sin. Jesus was never a sinner. He became the epitome of sin. And he took it upon himself so that you didn't have to bear it anymore. And that, that, that's really a sober thought when you really sit down and think about it, that Jesus never was a sinner. And some people preach he was a sinner. He is not, never has been a sinner. But he became sin, the nature of it, the epitome of it, and he satisfied all by the gavel of justice through his blood, presented it upon the mercy seat, That was not made with hands in heaven and sprinkled it there. And when he did, God said, it is telestide, finished, finished. So over 2000 years ago, God doesn't look upon this planet earth as a sinful earth. He looks upon this planet as a freed planet by the blood of Jesus From the nature and the characteristics of the sin nature. Romans chapter 6 says, should we continue in sin? That grace may there abound. He said, no, certainly not. We shouldn't continue in sin. Why? Why should we continue in sin for we've been set free from sin? I didn't say that. God said that. I've been set, where did I get set free from sin? When Jesus became it for me. He took care of sin, sickness, and disease all at one time, satisfied the gavel of justice. I'm not the sick, I'm the well. I'm not the weak, I'm the strong. Amen? I'm not the broke, I'm the blessed. I'm blessed coming in, I'm blessed going out. Everything I put my hand to, everything you put your hand to, God said, I will cause it to prosper. I'll cause it to prosper, he said. He said, if I would bring my tithes into the storehouse, he would rebuke the devourer for my sake. I don't have to rebuke the devourer. The devourer is being rebuked because of what Jesus did for you and me in my life. He satisfied The gavel of justice. How many of you have gone through and read through Hebrews? You ought to go through it. Every opportunity that you get, just go back through it and back through it and back through it. Because it talks about the blood. About what Jesus accomplished in a new covenant relationship. So communion, when you take that bread, it's not just symbolic. It's, if you need something in your physical body, take it. It's just like taking a pill, except it's a gospel. Just take the gospel. If he says that with, those, with, with the sacrifice that he took upon his own body, his flesh, would take care of your healing, then you accept that by faith. You don't have to understand it. Just accept it by faith and believe it and receive it. And then tell your body, you're the healed. You're the well. You're not the sick. You're not diseased. You're not this and you're not that. Unless it has to do with the blessings. Amen. We're entitled. Our entitlement in this new covenant is just absolutely awesome. It's out of this world. It doesn't come from natural resources. That's the reason that it's so important as Christians that we become what our name stands for. We become Christ-like. We have a standard in our life. Our standard is the Word. He sent His Word to heal us. Psalm 107, 20. He sent His Word to heal us and to deliver us from every form of destruction. Every form. Coronavirus is just a form. Has a name. Subject to the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Cancer has a name. Subject to the name. My brother-in-law called me up. He's 85 years young. And uh, he called me up and he said, Phil, he said, I've been diagnosed with cancer in my throat, in the back of my tongue. He said, I want you to do my funeral. And I said, well, Ron, I'll be happy to do your funeral if it's time. My first question was, is have you fulfilled everything the Lord told you to do? Have you fulfilled your destiny? He said, no. I said, well, then it's not time. Destiny is not fulfilled. Well, what do you mean by that, Pastor? Real simple. Our graves are full of destiny. They're full of vision. They're full of dreams that never got satisfied because it was not their time. They allowed the enemy to take them out. Well, that's a strong statement, Pastor. Well, I mean, we have to take a stand sometime. And we have to grasp a hold of what God's got for us. Well, just because we're the senior group you know, in the church doesn't mean that we, we sit back and retire and do nothing. We grab a hold of what God has because we still have destiny. You're here for a reason. And so the Lord wants you to fulfill that reason. So he said, well, I want you to come down and I, I want to spend some time with you. I'd like to go over all of the things that I'd like to have done. I said, fine, we'll, we'll come down. We hadn't seen him in about a year and a half. It was time anyway. So we went down and we sat down and we listened and we pinned down everything that he wanted. And then when we got home, Diane said, uh, Phil, we need to do a prayer petition. How many of you know what a prayer petition is? We need to do a prayer and petition for Ron and Phyllis. That's my brother-in-law and my sister. Both of them need a touch from heaven. And so while we were there, I kept talking to him. I said, Ron, I said, the truth of the matter is, is this. If you're going to go out of this life, you need to go out healed. If you're going to die, then just go to sleep. God knew how to wake you up. He knows how to... Put you to sleep. He started your heart. He can stop your heart. That's all it takes. Just go to sleep and wake up in eternity. But don't go out with sickness and disease in your body. Jesus took care of it. You're in covenant. You are in covenant. Let's fight the good fight of faith. Let's lay hold of on our eternal life. Go out with a blaze of glory. If you're going to go out, go out with a blaze of glory. And so we got home and and he was he was barely able to speak. He was disoriented and everything else. After we got home, we sent him the prayer petition. We sent all of his believing family members the prayer of petition. And said, "Get in agreement with us." The power of agreement is greater than anything else in this world when you base it on the Word of God. And so I called him up. He answers the phone and he's just as strong as he can be. His voice is strong. His encouragement is up. I said, How are you doing? He says, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. No more talk about dying. He's just talking about, I said, well, we're going to get God's best. He says, absolutely. He said, I believe I'm the healed. I believe I'm the healed. Well, that's all we needed was the power of agreement. I believe I'm the healed. I believe I'm the healed. And so we need to just continue next time, Called him again. Called him every other day. Called him again. How are you doing? said I'm doing good. Called my sister. I said, "How you doing, Phyllis?" She said, "I'm doing a lot better. She's out driving around. She hadn't been able to drive around cuz she has neuropathy in her feet. She can barely she can barely walk. You know, she's out running errands. She went to get her hair done. You know, it, it sounds like she's on the mend. Sounds like God's up to doing something because of the power of agreement of just believing what the Word of God says. For you and I, that's exactly what we need to do. Well, communion is just one of the ways. We're going to be taking communion here in just, uh, I think, a couple of weeks. And when we do, if there's something in your life that you need taken care of, take it to Him right then. Expect it right then. Expect it. Expect it. Have anticipation and expectation that God is doing something great in your life. So the next time we come in here, we have testimony of the greatness of our God. How good He is. The last one, not the last one, the seventh one is the gifts of the Holy Ghost. How many of you know that the Lord gave specific, special uh, gifts... To the body of Christ. There's nine of them. Found in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. And they are supernatural endowments. They are supernatural. They're called charismatones. Gifts. Gifts of empowerment. They are gifts. Given to the body of Christ. How many of you in this room have the baptism of the Holy Ghost? If you have the Holy Spirit in your life, guess what? you got all nine manifestations. All of them are there. The Holy Ghost didn't just put His leg in your life. He put Himself in your life because you invited Him in. How many of you got a new birth? You're born again. Amen? Not of corruptible seed, but of the incorruptible seed. You're born again, and the Holy Spirit came in so that He can give you gifts on the inside of you, and three of those manifestations are listed as the gifts of healing, plural, gifts of healing. In other words, there's many ways that God can do things. He's not limited just to one way. You can't put him in a box. Gifts of healing, working of miracles, supernatural intervention into the ordinary course of nature. Well, what do you mean by supernatural intervention? Well, how about when Moses stood before the Red Sea and stuck out his rod? Now, how many of you know there was no power in the rod? There was no power in the rod, but there was power in his relationship with God. And the Lord told him to stretch out his rod. And the Bible says, and God called an east wind to blow all night. That means he stood all night for his miracle, for the children of Israel. All night, the wind blew. And when it came, the dawning of the next day, they saw that the waters and the ground were subsided to each side and dry ground was in front of them. How many of you know how long it takes to... Man, that's some kind of a blower. That's some, he called all four corners of the, of the, of the four winds to blow, obviously. Up on that ocean floor to make it dry. How many of you know what's on the bottom of a lake? Soot, weeds, mud, and it takes days and weeks to dry on top of the water standing on each side. And they went over on dry ground. Supernatural. It was a miracle. It was a miracle a supernatural intervention into the ordinary course of nature. And then you have special faith. He said faith. That's what he says. But it's special faith. It's the ability to believe for someone else. Supernatural. It's a supernatural unction to function by the power of the Holy Ghost in your life. You ever felt, have you ever felt you, you, you've gone to pray for somebody and then just something, all of a sudden, rises up in you and you just believe beyond what you sense and what you see. You just have something in your knower that says that if I will just agree or lay hands or whatever the Lord tells you to do, then I know, I just know that they'll be made whole. I know that. That's what happened with the woman with the issue of blood. She said, I just know, I know. Joseph, if I can just get to his garment, if I can get to the bottom where the tassels are, where the healing of the nations is at, just touch them. All I got to do is touch them. I don't have to touch him, just his garment. Then I know, I know within myself I'll be made whole. She pressed through. She touched the bottom of his garment. And guess what she got? She got healing. She got healed because she believed in her heart. Jesus told her, he said, daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. How are you going to get healed? Your faith, the faith he deposited into you, manifests itself and comes out because you believe what the word says. The manifestation of the gifts of the spirit and the last one and not the least, but in the last one, the spoken word, centurion told Jesus, he said, I understand authority because I'm a man of authority myself in this natural world. I'm a centurion. I'm over men and I tell them to go and they go. To another come, and he comes. He says, but you've got authority in the spiritual world. All you've got to do is speak the word. And if you speak it, I'll believe it, and my servant will be made whole. And Jesus turned to his disciples, and he said, I haven't seen no great such great faith in all of Israel. And he was not a believer. He was a Roman soldier. He worshiped Caesar. That was his God. But he said, if you will speak the word of God, speak the word. I know. Whatever you say, that's the way it'll be. Did he get healed? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Jesus was willing to go to his house. He says, no. I don't need you to go to my house. Speak the word. That's the reason he said, I will hasten my word to perform it. You and I have the right to walk in health, not just be healed, but to walk in health. When you walk in health, you don't need to be healed, you're already healed. But I'm getting older and I've got pains and aches and everything else. Well, pains and aches are all subject to the name and the blood of Jesus. Jesus did not signify you're healed until you reach 65. If you can make it that low. But he said, "By my stripes, you are healed." Matthew 8:17 says, "By his stripes, we were healed. First Peter 2:24 says, "By his stripes, we are healed." Isaiah 53, four and five, He was wounded for your transgressions, bruised for your iniquities. The chastisement of your peace was placed upon him, and with his stripes you are healed. Man, that's powerful stuff. That's powerful. We need revelation, knowledge on that so we can have the understanding so we can get what's in our covenant. It's our covenant. It's our heritage. Our, it's our heritage. How many of you have ever received an inheritance? How many of you know that was designated for you? That was designated for you. Amen. If there was a million-dollar check underneath the seat of Joseph LeMay up here in front, (laughs) and it had your name on it, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to let Joseph just sit there? No, you're going to come up politely and say, Joseph, we already know we've looked at every other chair, and the only chair that's left is yours. And I have a million-dollar check that's taped to the bottom of your chair. Would you please get up from the chair so I can get to my check? And Joseph says, no. No, I'm not getting up. And then you're going to go to the next step, right? Because you've got a check that's underneath there. And you're going to press through. Amen? Now, Joseph will probably do that for you ladies. He'll just get up. But if it's a guy, it might be a little bit different story. He may try to pull rank on you. No, knowing Joseph. Joseph is such a, a sweethearted guy and compassionate and everything else. Sure, I'll get up. <laughs> Not once would he question and say, well, man, if I can't have one, you can't have one. I'm just as much in covenant as you are. But how many of you know we're supposed to rejoice when the others rejoice? To aid and to assist. And Joseph says, let me turn that chair over for you. I'll peel this thing off for you. And here you go. It's your rightful inheritance. That's what Jesus did for us. Well, He gave us several ways to get what we need. So we might as well go ahead and just grab a hold of it. Amen? Amen. Let the sick say, I'm what? I'm well. Let the weak say, I'm strong. strong. Amen. We're the delivered. Because Jesus has come to set the captive free. I'm not to be in bondage anymore, and neither are you. I think it's going to be cool for us as we walk around the church and the younger generation looks at us. I mean, the younger generation needs somebody to look to. They ask you, how long have you been in service with the Lord? And you say, well, I've known him for 60 years. We want to have some testimony to be able to back up the fact that we've had 60 years of opportunity to know him. How much time you got to sit down and let me tell you all the great things God has done for me in my life. Amen. Just testimony after testimony after testimony after testimony after testimony of the greatness and the goodness of God. He's a good God he'll never ask you to do anything that he's not willing to meet you at the point of that need one last testimony before we close years ago I had a pastor friend of mine this is we were still living in in Texas at the time and uh, he said uh, he had a, a meeting to go to In uh, Indiana, he called me up and he said, uh, Phil, he said, I believe God wants you to go with me to Indiana. And he said, I'll tell you what, uh, you get your plane fare and I'll meet you uh, in Dallas, Fort Worth. And we'll catch a flight there and go together uh, on up to Indiana. I came in and I told Diane and she said, well, honey, we don't really have the money to go for you to go right now. And I said, but let's pray about it. So we prayed about it and we both agreed that I should go. So I had enough money to buy a ticket one way, one way. And so I called him up and I said, okay, I said, I'll meet you in Dallas and we'll fly on up to Indiana. And so I got my ticket, got on the plane, met him in Dallas, got to Indiana. Uh, We stayed in the same hotel, all of those different things. And he asked me, he said, uh, he said, Phil, how are you doing? And I said, I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. He said, well, he said, we're going to be leaving at such and such time. And he said, "Uh, uh, are you okay? And I said, yes, I'm fine. So he was to do the evening services, and they needed somebody to do the morning services. So he said, would you mind to do the morning services? They've asked if you would do that. And I said, sure, I'll do that. So I ministered and shared all through the, we were there for four nights, or four days, four nights. And he ministered in the evening service. came to the last service, and uh, by that time, Clarence knew that uh, I only had purchased a one-way ticket. And uh, he said, well, what are you going to do? I said, well, I'm just going to believe God. I said, what else can I do? He said, okay, I'll get in agreement with you. And so the last service closes, end of the service. They're getting ready for dismissal and everything else. And he turns to me and He said, well, where do you stand? I said, I don't know, man. I don't know. Don't talk to me right now. The pastor stands up and said, by the way, we appreciate Brother Phil and him ministering to us all week. And he said, at the end of the service, I want him to go back towards the back of the sanctuary. And we want to give him a Pentecostal handshake. I didn't know what a Pentecostal handshake was. I had no clue. Nobody had ever told me anything about a Pentecostal handshake. I thought, I'm not want to shake a bunch of people's hands. I just want to get out of here. And he said, get up and go to the back. I said, no, I'm not going to the back. He said, you get up and you go back or to the back. And I said, why? He said, just out of respect. And I said, but I don't feel like it. He says, it doesn't make any difference if you feel like it or not. Just get up and go. I said, all right, all right, all right. So I went to the back. I'm standing there. People come up to me. first person came up. They shook my hand. I was being as nice as I possibly could be. I'm sure I had a frown on my face. Thank you for ministering everything else. And, and there was something between my hand and their hand. And so they let go and it fell to the ground. I said, you dropped something. I picked it up and handed it. and said, no, that's, that's for you. I said, what do you mean that's for me? He said, no, that's, that's for you. And I said, okay, thanks. Next person comes up, same thing. There's something between their hand and my hand. And I said, you don't have to do that. They said, oh, no, no, quite the contrary. I feel compelled to do this said, this is my Pentecostal handshake. Don't cheat me of my blessing. I said, okay. And so the next person comes up. They shook my hand, something between my hand and their hand. I just took it and put it in my pocket. Someone else came up. I started putting everything in my pockets. This pocket filled up. This pocket filled up. My coat pocket filled up. This coat pocket filled up. My upper pocket on the inside filled up, this filled up, my shirt pocket filled up. I mean, I was bulging everywhere. I put it in the back. I put it everywhere. And so by then, I'm ready to shake everybody's hand. I mean, I'm shaking everybody's hand. And uh, afterwards, the pastor, he comes up to me, and he said, uh, he said, He said, Phil, he said, uh, we really appreciated you coming and ministering to us. I said, well, man, I did too. I really enjoyed myself. And he said, "Uh, but I need to know, uh, is your plane fare taken care of? I said, well, I haven't counted. I have no idea, but uh, I believe God's taken care of everything. And so he said, no, that's not good enough. I want you to go up on the platform, pull it all out, and count it. He said, I want to know. I want to know if your plane fare round trip is taken care of. So, Diane and I had agreed not just for round trip plane fare, but some further finances so that we could get to our next designation, which was our first pastorate. And so, we needed it to move. And so, I finished counting, and what we agreed to, was within $10, within $10. Now, that's not all. I get home, and when I get home, I'm going into the service at home, and when I get to the service, just before I get in the door, a lady is yelling at me and said, Brother Phil, Brother Phil, Brother Phil. And I said, yeah, what can I do for you? She, she said, uh, "She said, I am so sorry. The Lord spoke to me before you left to give you this check, and she gave me the check, and it was for the exact amount to fulfill what we believed for. Don't tell me that God won't do for you if you dare to believe." Well, that spurred me on to later things. I went on another trip, didn't have the money to take the flight out, was in the line to get my ticket, and I went up to the counter to get my ticket, and they asked me who I was and everything else, and they said, oh, I have something for you. And I said, you do? She said, yes. And there was an envelope with my name on it for my plane fare. And I didn't have a penny towards it. And I stepped up to the counter because God told me to go. If he'll do that for me, he'll do that for you. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Well, we're just a few minutes over. But isn't God good? Yes. Did, you, did you get those eight things? I hope you wrote some of them down or you can remember them uh, so that you can remember that you're you're never on the short end of the stick here. God has made provision for you all throughout the Word of God. Those were just a few scriptures to be a blessing to you. Amen. Do you appreciate what God is doing here at the the church in your life and what He's doing for this body? Amen. We appreciate you. We thank God for you. Pastor Diane and I are tremendously blessed to be able to be a part of what's going on in our senior group of uh, individuals at uh, Heritage of Faith. And we've got some growing to do. Amen. But we're on the road to recovery now. So let's get everything God's got. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Diane, do you have anything? You want to close this out? Yes, Mark. Pastor Phil, I believe we just witnessed a a healing of your voice to the glory of God. You did. God's faithful. He calls for a song of praise. It's a chorus. Thank you, Lord. Sing it with me. Thank you, Lord. Lord, for saving my soul. Praise God. Well, Diane, why don't you stand up and dismiss us?
1: Thank you, Lord. Oh, Father God, we are so thankful. We're so thankful for everything that you have done for us and who we are and what we possess in you, Lord. We just love you. We magnify your name and we just commit everything into your care and into your hands, Lord, and Father, let us take this message and pass it on, Father. Take take the message of the power of Jesus in our lives and share it with others, Father. We just thank you and praise you for making us a blessing to those that we come in contact with. And, Lord, we just uh, pray, pray over the services tomorrow, Father. We just thank you. We thank you that we are so blessed to be able to come and meet as a corporate body and just worship together, Father. And so we just commit everything about tomorrow and and the rest of this day, Father. And we thank you, Lord, for giving us travel mercies going home. We just love you in Jesus' name. Amen.